Hi, I'm Jane. And I'm Hugh. And you are listening to That'll Teach You. Hi, Jane. (laughs) (laughs) You? That's easy and you again. So here we are on another, (laughs) recording another episode, and we have a very special guest with us here today. We have Holly. So Holly is known as the Wellbeing Educator on Instagram. Um, So hi, Holly. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's such a, I was just saying just before we started recording that, um, you know, you're, you're a relatively new Instagram account and in the space of, you know, when did you start the Instagram account? A couple of weeks ago, was it? Yeah, it was literally, I think about two weeks ago now. Yeah. Okay. And in, in the space of two weeks, so I've seen so many people sharing your posts because everything, every single one of your posts, there's just um, so much beneficial um, advice and knowledge for teachers in each post. Like I, I've learned so much even over the last two weeks from you. So I'm just so thrilled that you're able to join us today. So thank you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. That is so, so lovely to hear because um, so I suppose all my well-being kind of knowledge really comes from, well, a lot of it would come from a master's that I just did. And I really, you know, I gave my everything to my thesis and I put all this work in. And then I kind of thought about it and I was like, okay, I've written 20,000 words here. I've given it my absolute best and it's going to be printed and put up in a shelf and no one's ever going to read it. So I was like, <laughs> it's such a good idea then to, to find some sort of a way to try and get this information actually out to teachers and principals and SNAs and parents who actually need it because what's the point of us all doing all this research and then it actually goes nowhere so I'm glad that Instagram is working as a good kind of mechanism for that anyway. Yeah absolutely I, I mean you've reminded me of the what I'm willing to believe was an incredible dissertation on the effect yeah. of or on schools when I did my PME like, oh, if only the world knew about it but so well-being is obviously your your thing I suppose isn't it and well it should yeah. be all of our things but yeah and um, can I ask you a question then this might seem a little unfair I just uh, burnt <laughs> I just burnt it's my so arm on uh, on the on a, on a baking tray I was making pretzels and I took the baking tray out of the oven and the my inner arm it's pretty it's pretty it's bad pre- it's pretty nasty all right so I've got a got a oh, you can't really see it there we'll put it we'll put a picture up on Instagram for the listeners oh, will we? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah as a as a well-being expert what would you say about burning your own arm in an oven I would not a say, good idea I would say definitely not a good idea and contact your GP okay, <laughs> okay good advice <laughs> if anyone has a GP these days <laughs> am I right <laughs> okay and how long have you been teaching so I've been teaching now for five years. Okay. I've had experience, I say, in Daesh, in non-Daesh. I was in a school with over a thousand pupils and I was in a school with like less than 200 pupils. Um, so it, it's kind of good to move around because you get so much different experience. Mm. And then that plays into well-being because you can see how different principals kind of run their school and different factors that impact teacher well-being. And um, yeah, that's actually kind of what inspired my thesis really. So I um, researched, it was basically research on um, teacher well-being in Daesh schools and non-Daesh schools. And it was investigating to see if there was a difference between the two. Can you please summarize your conclusion for us? Because if you could just read it out for us, really, Holly, that'd be great because it sounds so fascinating. Yeah, I'm like, cut James down is to too 20, lazy words. to read twenty thousand words. That's what I'm getting from that. We'll actually, we'll actually put a picture up of the conclusion on our <laughs> sneak peek exclusive. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, it was actually so interesting. So obviously, I thought going into it that um, in a Dutch school. You, there's just more challenges. I mean, and that's not down to the students or not down to the families or the community. It's down to the kind of the structures. And I would, I was predicting that teachers in Desh um schools would have you know poorer well-being than non-Desh schools. 
But then, you know, you do hear kind of the stereotypes as well of maybe parents who are more middle class and they would have kind of higher expectations for their students and then they can be quite demanding on parents. So I was like, ooh, how is it going to measure up? But um, it turned out anyway that there there was no major differences. And the main thing that um, kind of really impacts well-being is your principal. So that's kind of the most important oh, thing. Listen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like I've subbed in so many different schools and, you know, I'm not going to name and shame yeah. anyone, obviously, <laughs> but I've stopped in so many different schools and yeah, your principal is everything. I think regardless of whether you're a teacher, a parent or a student, yeah. it's all about the principal, you know, yeah. and everything else just comes from that. Could you just, Holly, sorry, just for a bit of a bit of admin, um, because we do have people listening in other countries, can you just briefly explain what a DASH school is? Of course, absolutely. So DASH schools would be schools which would be considered disadvantaged. So there's a huge number of factors that kind of are considered. And then if a school is considered to be DASH, it will get more resources. So it'll get more funding. It might get some extra staffing. The classes are supposed to be smaller. They might get money for, um, let's say, breakfast clubs and things like that. And they'll also have a post called Homeschool Community Liaison. So then that is a post explicitly in DASH schools who and that teacher's job is to work with parents and to kind of get parents um, involved as well to try and... Um, I suppose, sort of help with any disadvantages that certain people might have in, in, in their lives. I feel that we I... might have to have you back for another episode at some point to talk more about deaf schools and just the structure of them and the setup and how they Absolutely. work. You know, it's a very interesting area. Yeah. So I suppose at the moment we're doing a, a back to school series, really. We're trying to sort of set up teachers, whether they're newly qualified teachers, NQTs, or whether they're experienced or going into a new school, whatever it is, for the start of the year. We've talked a bit about how to manage your first day, about classroom management, about specific subjects as well but I suppose we also want to get into just looking after yourself you know and and how you can help to teach the kids but support yourself and support them as well as a teacher and so that's why we've got you on you are now going to (laughs) solve these problems for everyone (laughs) no pressure (laughs) but I suppose you're getting ready to go back to school now you know what what's what's foremost in your mind in terms of sort of getting off on the right foot for for everyone's well-being yeah, and like that's such an interesting point that you raised there because let's say your a teacher's well-being is impacted or linked to the principal's well-being and also other teachers. And then the teacher well-being is linked to pupil well-being. So it, it really is all connected. So if you do want to, you know, promote your own pupil's well-being, you really do have to start with your start with yourself. Mm. So I suppose the best thing really going into September, I mean, what I'll be doing before I kind of go back will be just looking at kind of wider kind of life so let's say like like simple things like sleep diet exercise your relationships having time for creativity and stuff like that they're just so 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 important um I mean like sleep for example like especially in September because when you're sleeping you'd actually be shocked the amount that's actually going on in your brain while you're asleep and so your brain is kind of getting rid of all the excess information that you don't need and it's working to kind of embed sort of memory circuits and things like that so let's say for example if you're like cooking a new recipe and you've never cooked this dish before and you're like you're measuring out all everything to an exact gram you've got four different pots and you're you know turning the heat up and down it's such an ordeal and then you stand back and the kitchen is a mess there's flour on the floor there's mute like it's just crazy so you've burnt your arm (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately so (laughs) yeah so like the first time you try something it just takes so much brain power and proper thinking but 
when you're asleep and when you kind of have practiced this a few times, your brain kind of, it becomes a habit. But the thing is in September, it's all new routines. It's all new recipes. It's new kids, new books, new class, new school, new staff even. So um, yeah, it's really important to just make sure you're getting enough sleep and other things as well, like diet, making sure you're getting a good balanced diet, avoiding the processed food, avoiding as much sugar as possible. And then, you know, exercise, there's so many benefits for that, especially for your mind and your mental health, which is so important going into September. And then relationships. So relationships are really, really important. And I think you'll know that even as teachers, like having teachers in your school, I think you've talked about this before that you can go to and you can just kind of vent and kind of let it out and just kind of connect <laughs> and feel heard a little bit. You have to leave it out, yeah. You do, exactly. Mm. And then I think the thing that's really important as well is just uh, being kind of creative and having space for fun and like we so easily let that get sidetracked but whether it's sport or music or art or reading or meeting up with friends just that you're doing stuff to to rejuvenate yourself because it's really easy to consider rest a luxury but it's really not it's it's something essential and if you're not getting that you're definitely going to end up on your way to burnout unfortunately so yeah just kind of making sure you have a whole balanced life style really is really important going into september yeah and i think it's interesting because you know those days and obviously there are days when the kids can be a little more energetic or wilder you know <laughs> oh, yeah. you know those days when you're like god the kids are just they're really there's something about them today and then it gets to about one o'clock and you're like oh no I think it's me actually <laughs> I think I think I'm just tired today you know I think that's what's going on here you know and as you say it has a knock-on effect on the whole on the whole day on, on everyone's mood you know so exactly yeah for something so simple you know like everything that you've said is is so simple and important and I feel like for me and you know I hope that there are some listeners who um who agree with me and maybe it's not I hope it's not just me but I actually feel like I might need to listen to that answer every couple of months because because I get myself like I I I always start with the best intentions and then I suppose after a few weeks or a few months you know I, I completely get into my head and I kind of forget about my own life outside of school and everything is so school related I kind of forget to take care of myself and I have to say like listening to you there I'm like Yes, this is exactly what I need. <laughs> so I think I might have to listen to that a few times over the year. <laughs> I know because, and that's it, it's everybody knows it. And it's whether you want to lose weight, whether you want to improve mood, improve focus. It's the same boring things that you come back to. And it's boring, yeah. it's not exciting. So it's hard to get people excited about this. But the benefits are just so big for that, that kind of just a healthy, balanced lifestyle. And particularly the setting that we're in. You can't have an hour or so where you're just like, I'm just going to sit quietly at my computer. You know, yeah. you're not. You're, you're teaching kids. You're, 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 you know, you're trying to work with them and give them the best days they can have. And so someone once said to me, a teacher once said to me that just being tired in school is like being hung over at any other job. You know, he's like, that's how bad it is. I don't drink, so I have to admit, I don't know. But uh, you know, I do drink and that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> but and I think as well, the important thing is, I think when you talk about creativity there, that's really important because you have to do what works for you again. You know, so not everyone is going to want to spend their weekend and nor is it probably a good idea for most people just sitting on the couch, you know, just sort yeah. of quote unquote resting, you know, and I certainly find I get quite restless at the weekend. And so like, I bake a lot or I edit podcasts a lot or I <laughs> do whatever else. But like, but, but it, it's totally separate to what I do in school, you know, so it, therefore yeah. it is still relaxation of some kind. <laughs> Until you, know? you have a school related podcast. Until <laughs> one of your podcasts is school related. Yeah, that's true. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my life is gradually closing in. <laughs> 
I think it's really interesting as well to note that so stress or you know like I suppose the opposite of well-being when you're feeling stressed in the classroom that's really individualistic so a situation or you know maybe a parent or um, another staff member or an issue with a child that might stress me out completely but let's say Jane you might not find it any problem whatsoever so even when you are talking about well-being you're so right it really is something that you have to kind of tune into yourself and your own kind of intuition really because there are no hard and fast rules you know you you do have to kind of just go off your own personality and you just have to listen to your own body and your own kind of stress response and see what's working and what's not working and if you can kind of catch yourself and identify that trigger and say okay this is what's making me stressed and then say okay how can I actually respond to this? So let's say if the children are really unengaged, do they, do you need to change your methodology? Do you need to switch up the lesson, like group work, pair work, kind of shake it up some bit? Or, you know, if they have lots of energy, maybe do you need, need a movement break or do you need to ask for support from another teacher, you know, in dealing with a parent or whatever it might be. So seeing if you can kind of adjust the situation and if not, then just kind of accepting the fact that there's things that you just can't control and you can't change and kind of reframing it and looking at the bigger picture and saying, you know, well, will this be an issue in a week or in a month or in six months or five months because when we are in that kind of stress response that fight or flight mode we can kind of zone in on one problem and it we've, we completely lose our perspective and it becomes the biggest issue in the world and but when you kind of like zoom out a little bit and noting all the things that went well so like acknowledge the good job that you've done because it's so easy to discount the positive and focusing on the negative but even if you can only think of three things at the end of the day that went well it has so many positive effects for your body um, and for your mind and um, yeah it's really helpful for for those kind of situations there's a couple of things you said there which I think are very interesting one of them comes back to what you were saying earlier about having another teacher to vent to or just to talk to you know because again yeah the odds are that if you need help with something or if you're stressed about something we've said this before it has almost definitely arisen for another teacher. And so if you go to them, they'll reduce your stress just by being aware of what the situation is and understanding it. And obviously we know ourselves that that talking helps an awful lot, whether or not you, you reach a solution. But if you're the staff member who's helped that person, yeah, acknowledge that because it doesn't seem a big deal to you because you've just done it. But for them, you might have helped to alleviate their stress. And particularly if it's someone who's less experienced, maybe who hasn't hasn't come across this stuff before. So I think that's that's really good, all right, yeah. yeah. I remember, in fact, um, so I used to be a barrister. I was a criminal barrister. Oh. and uh, But I remember a couple of years in, I was representing this guy, and in the middle of the courtroom, he got fed up with uh, whatever I was saying and started shouting at me and told me that I was fired. <laughs> so I remember I, I didn't know what to do because there's all lawyers will know this but there's all complicated rules about the ethical implications of who instructs who and there's solicitors involved and all these sort of things but I went out and I rang a friend of mine who's a more senior barrister and I was like oh my god like I don't know what to do I'm, this guy's still charged with an offense he's just fired me I can't act for him now I rang up my friend and I said look I've just been fired by a client and he was like oh congratulations your first firing you know it's a big moment for everyone and then I was like oh right okay this isn't that big a deal you know he was like you have been fired by 20 clients you know yeah. now hopefully your children will not attempt to fire you but it, it's that same thing of broadly speaking and of course things can happen and I really hope they don't for most people but things can happen that are really really awful you know in in a school setting most of the problems that you encounter on a day-to-day basis they've all shown up before they'll all show up again and yeah if you stop and think stop and talk to someone go and find someone else talk to talk to that principal again you know your principal is there to help you as is everyone else I think that can make a huge difference yeah yeah 
the opposite of common humanity is when you isolate yourself. So you pull away from everybody else. You say, I'm the only person in the world that has ever, this has ever happened to. And it's just the opposite of, of, uh, of the reality, really. And then just being kind to yourself and saying, you know, this is hard and just acknowledging things that are hard. I mean, especially in teaching, like we can set such high standards for ourselves, especially if you're just coming out of college, you've been on placement and you've taught maybe four lessons with breaks throughout the day for three weeks, which is, you know, and I'm sure people like obviously people do amazing in their placement. But then if you're going into a classroom where you have 183 days of all the lessons with a class, you're not going to be able to reach the same standards in your very first year. So I think it's really important to just cut ourselves some slack and just, if something goes wrong, acknowledge it, realize that this really and truly does happen to everybody and then be kind to yourself in whatever way that's best for you. Gosh, that's all so fascinating. <laughs> and here's, here's a question. So imagine I've had an extremely stressful day in school and I get home what would you recommend I do? Like, because right now I'm like, I want to watch Netflix, I want to eat everything in the house and I want to scroll on my phone. What would a better alternative be? Oh, completely. And I think literally every single person has been there no matter what career you are. Um, it's so relatable. But yeah, I suppose the thing is really is to have a lifestyle that would protect you from kind of leaning on those. So let's say, for example, having a gratitude practice every day will really protect you from getting dysregulated like that and really protects you from getting stressed meditation i'm such a huge advocate for it. it the benefits are just incredible and it's they have all you know with all technology now they have so many different ways of looking at brain scans and it literally can transform your brain it rewires it so you will be experiencing the same problems and the same issues but your perspectives will be completely different because you all kind of have a different brain now. So you kind of look at things differently. Even for two minutes in the morning when you go up or for two minutes when you get home from school, it just regulates you. It kind of grounds you a little bit. Mm. Look, it's not always possible. And sometimes you do go home and watch and binge Netflix. And sometimes that's the best thing. So it is kind of all about uh, all about just listening to yourself really and what, what you think is best for, for yourself. Yeah, and it's an interesting one because obviously again as we keep saying you have to find out what works for you and mm. so yeah whatever you build your lifestyle around like don't take up running if you hate running you know yeah. like to find find a different way to you know as you say some sort of exercise some sort of diet whatever else mm. we've talked a lot about teacher well-being again let's go back to it's the start of the school year what are you doing even just in how you start setting up your classroom and how you're planning to really try and maximize your students well-being yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so I suppose what I would do, um, and I suppose something that's become really common now because well-being is such a big deal, um, or you know, such a big buzzword recently, you see how everybody has a well-being week, but really well-being isn't something that you do for a week, it's something that's embedded into the whole entire school. And it, like as I found out from doing my research, it starts at the top. So let's say if you're a school leader, you should be kind of promoting well-being in the school. You should be listening to the other staff. What can you do to promote their well-being? Because it is all interlinked. But I suppose for the if you're a teacher and you're looking just to set up, um, just looking at your pupils' well-being. I would, so in my classroom, let's say last year, we started at 10 to 9. So for the first 10 minutes of the day, we'd had kind of well-being. So there would be different things I would do. So they would take out their gratitude journals first thing and they'd write three things they're grateful for. Then um, we would do some kind of a mindfulness activity. So we do, let's say, mindful breathing. We do box breathing. We do maybe a body scan. We just do um, five senses. Um, so maybe look at five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can feel, two things you can um, smell and one thing you can taste. Something like that. Just kind of quick, snappy just kind of set the day off on the right tone, I think is really, really helpful. So another thing you can do as well is kind of a happy thought. So just fly around the classroom and think of, okay, kids, what are what is one happy thing that happened this morning? So 
it was sunny or I got a new jacket or my mom was able to drop me to school or my dad is getting off work early so he can collect me. It just, it's just creates such an upward spiral for the day and it's such a good way to start off your day. But then I think during the day as well, just having a little break. So let's see, I know we're big on movement breaks right now, but maybe like a mindfulness break or like I find if children are really kind of high energy or let's say if they come in after break, just having little breathing exercises for them. And sometimes it can be hard as a teacher to kind of get that to happen. So there's a lot of like so many, so like so many videos on YouTube that you can do let's say there's one it's called a swing video um and you basically just watch a girl swing and it says breathe in breathe out there's like triangles that you follow and children are just really they just kind of watch it and they just kind of you kind of get sucked in <laughs> just kind of teaching them mental health strategies and just school or school is a really tricky environment for children like if you think about it you know especially for children who might not be um into academics as such they might be experiencing failure like every few minutes in school you know if it's not something that that suits them so just kind of teaching them that positive self-talk is really important or like getting them to design little affirmations on a piece of paper and sticking them around the room like little thought bubbles and so yeah there's loads of different little things and activities like that you can do but they're lovely little things to start off the year I think no that's lovely I think you've given everybody so much food for thought there on (laughs) on on things that they can do um one of the classes I had before which I which and I actually I did it every day at the end of the day and it was such a simple thing to do and I know that it really boosts their energy as they were leaving but as we were getting ready we had our highlights of the day so people would share their, their favorite things that happened during the day and as a teacher it was actually really beneficial because sometimes they share things that I wasn't aware of <laughs> yeah. you know like things happening out in the yard or you know things happening even in the classroom that you just didn't pick up on and um, so it was such a lovely way and it always made and the funny thing is when I wouldn't do it then the girls would be like Miss Costigan what about our highlights of the day as Aww. they're leaving it's just such a lovely um lovely way to um to end the day just as a kind of positive like that yeah that's lovely and it just shows as well like what an impact this has on the children so I mean as teachers you really don't know where your impact ends and you know you're sowing seeds all the time and hoping some of it sticks but you really don't know so it is lovely then to get that feedback and uh, to know that it's landing no it was lovely and then um uh, another resource that um i use and i only ever used it weekly so um now you could use it daily i suppose but um grammarly gracious um another instagram instagram account have um there she has well-being questions so in my first year of teaching, I had a well-being, it was well-being Wednesdays and every morning we'd start the day. So I want to say, if my principal is listening, maybe the first 45 minutes of the day on a Wednesday. <laughs> Anyways, um, but we'd have a well-being question of the day. And some of those questions might be something like, um, you know, where would you like to go on holiday? And then some of those questions would be, you know, what truly makes you happy? And the girls absolutely loved it. And then the following year when I had an older class, I got them to write. So it was a, a nice writing activity for them for the week. And it would be some uh, some sort of specific question, like what makes me a good friend? And, you know, they would, they'd be able to take the week to think about all the things that they bring to their friendships. And I just found that was a really lovely way of, now, you know, obviously you wouldn't be doing it every day, but it's just a nice way for the older girls or the older classes to um kind of reflect on their own mental health and their own well-being and relationships and um, so if you have older classes i would highly recommend that because also reading their work 
<laughs> was one of my favorite things about last year like reading why I think there was a um you know one of the one of the ones we did was how do I show those around around me that I value them oh my god when you're reading oh. children's thoughts on that like oh highlight highlight of my job <laughs> as you said it's so you know well-being is linked to your mental health and your relationships and you know uh, equipping children with the um skills to I suppose like just just those mental health skills is so important and even communication like communicating Mm. with themselves and communicating with others like such a huge skill that unfortunately a lot of adults or a lot of people don't learn until they're adults (laughs) yeah Yeah, if even yeah (laughs) I do want to ask you I suppose we talked again earlier about the the challenges that you face as a as a teacher managing your well-being and it can be stress or tiredness or whatever else what can you find can be some of the biggest challenges when you're trying to improve and support your students' well-being? That's a good question. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it can be tricky because, look, I mean, everybody is different and some students are just going to love this whole idea of positivity. And, you know, and I think, unfortunately, what can happen a lot of the time is, you know, the whole area of mental health and self-care, like with the rest of academia, it has become feminized in a way. So, you know girls are allowed to talk about their feelings and that's okay but then boys might feel like oh no I'm too tough I don't have feelings you know this kind of way which you obviously the worst I know (laughs) I know that's it and it's just it's society we've just set children up to kind of adapt to these gender norms really and so sometimes I think it can be tricky because certain children just might not want to buy into that they might say oh I don't care or they might kind of you know do their gratitude and they'll just rush through it or whatever it is. But look, I think the thing is, one thing that's really important with mindfulness and well-being and stuff like that is that it has to be voluntary. Like you can't force someone to be grateful for things. So yeah, it is tricky. And look, probably got about 20, 25, maybe 30 or 30 plus children in your class. They're going to all respond to different things differently. So if you kind of use a variety of things, so maybe some child will really enjoy uh, box breathing. Some might enjoy, enjoy gratitude journaling or like you were saying, Jane, those little journaling prompts, like they sound so lovely as well. Or maybe another child might enjoy um, yoga or moving their body or you know or maybe their senses just using a variety of different tools I think is best to kind of meet the needs of everybody and um, so that's what teaching yeah. really is though as well isn't it like that just yeah that's, that's exactly so our job in a nutshell <laughs> yeah and I would, yeah. I would totally agree I mean you're you're and you have to but what I would say is also you have to you have to keep at it you know you have to keep trying things you know like you can try 20 different ways to sort of really interact with a child and communicate with them and none of them work and then you suddenly find something that does you know and you think okay I'm I'm, I'm in now you know And, and whether it's you know it could be talking about a game they play it could be you know music it could be anything and then of course that might go and then you need to find something else but when you do find that connection (laughs) I mean there's nothing more rewarding than that you know yeah you just gotta persevere I think to the teachers who do find you know doing meditation and that's why those videos are that there are so many resources is it Headspace is the is the app which is absolutely great yeah that's great for kids um so there are so many different things that you can do to promote um well-being um and as Hugh said it's often in like the conversations you have in small groups or on one-to-one as well with children like those SPHE conversations that are that happen all day every day um so you know I think uh, you know yeah it's just huge part of teaching and I think we all need to really just delve further into it I think (laughs) but there's even there's there's even one example that I can think of now is and this came about totally accidentally around Christmas time with a child who's not even in my class she's in a much younger class but now 
we oh. play piano together after school oh. every week on a Thursday. And, That's you know, so but it does an awful lot for both. Or like, I hope it still does a lot for her. It does a lot for me, certainly, you know. <laughs> but it's just something that sort of happened at some point. And now, you know, she'll she'll see me in the corridor on a Thursday morning and she'll say, Mr. O'Connor, piano later today? And I'll say, yeah, I'll see you there, you oh. know. And so, and imagine how good that is for my mood going home on a Thursday having had that you know oh, that's amazing I know that there are a lot of teachers going into school now knowing they're going to have new students joining their classes or joining their schools do you have any advice or any thoughts about how you can make sure that those specific children are supported in the best way possible <laughs> in all the ways possible but primarily <laughs> in you know their well-being going into a new stressful experience for them it is tricky. I suppose what I think would be really useful as well, um, first of all, would just be touch base with the parents, where they're at, how they're feeling. You know, they might go home at the end of the day and they might be very quiet for the first few days. But, you know, we all are there for the betterment of the children. This sounds like an interview. No, <laughs> no sorry, sorry. <laughs> but... What are your greatest weaknesses? <laughs> <laughs> Any further questions for us? Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I just, I was talking. I was like, oh my God, I've said that line so many times. <laughs> is there anything specific like would you um have any one-to-one conversations with them or even like as the as the weeks go on like would you check in with them about you know like their friendships and you know how they're you know getting on in their new school yeah absolutely I think you've like mentioned a really important point there where like you really should not and you kind of said this earlier as well you really should not underestimate the power of just listening to a child mm. and just connecting with them and like you were saying you it might take however many different ways to connect with that child but when you connect it means a lot to you but it means a lot to them and they feel so much safer when you're there so 100% I definitely would make an effort to have one-on-one kind of conversations mm. with them and just kind of let them get to know me and you know be a little fun with them and, and stuff like that oh listen i mean holly thanks so much i feel i really do feel every time it sounds very cliched but every time that we do an episode of this you know i'm becoming a better teacher you know i'm just learning so many things <laughs> but it's so true and even like you know even just hearing hearing um the the positive way you talk about education and your relationships with children like i just feel like i actually feel so inspired after we record these podcasts so i hope that our <laughs> listeners are also feeling inspired but no we Aww. really appreciate it. i think you've given even just like through activities and you know different resources that are out there and even just like daily things you can do to support the well-being of like your principal your colleagues and like your whole school community really you know which is great and that's what it's all about like you know being in a school is all like I just think the most important word you can have is community completely yeah completely it does all come back to that I mean we're all connected at the end of the day so yeah the well-being spreads but guys thank you so much for having me on and it's been so lovely to just have an opportunity to share all this information that is occupying my brain now. But, um, <laughs> You've been so yeah, great. So thank, thank you guys you. so much. No, thank you. And I feel like, you know, for, for people, and, you know, as I've said, your Instagram is such a wealth of um, of, of um, information. So that's Wellbeing Educator on Instagram. And we will tag you on our Instagram. But um, but no, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep spreading the, the positivity about <laughs> teachers' wellbeing and the wellbeing of students. Um, so no, I really appreciate the, the, the time you've given us today. And it's great to have a conversation with you. So I feel so, I'm like, I just love my job. <laughs> like every time we do an episode, I'm like, God, I love my job so much. <laughs> and yeah, please do follow Holly's Instagram so you can can pick up more tips from her let us know as well if you're listening what what issues you might have come up with what challenges you might have faced and or any other tips that you have for fostering well-being in your school in your class with your 
colleagues, with your students. If you have any advice on what to do with a burn from a baking tray as well, <laughs> that would be great. Um, it's just, it's just, it's funny when I talked about how I, if you're tired, it affects how you teach your class. I was like, am I going to be in a really bad mood <laughs> for this episode because my arm is hurting me so much? But I think it says a lot about Holly that I haven't been in a bad mood at all. So <laughs> You're very kind. But no, thank you for listening. Please do uh, follow and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and also follow us on Instagram at That'll Teach You Podcast. And please tell lots of other teachers about it because we're still a newish podcast. We're trying to get out to as many people as we can. And we uh, also want to hear from you. So let us know any further episodes you'd like us to do or any other questions that you might have if you want a light-hearted comedy podcast to listen to which might increase your well-being as well you know being able to laugh laughter is the best medicine they say you can listen to my other podcast legitimate likes uh, which is very silly and hopefully very funny as well but um yeah thanks again holly for coming on Thank you, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, thank you. I will definitely. Already, I have so many things in my head. I'm like, yep, yeah, we're going to be getting Holly back on for that. Yep. Multiple <laughs> so, episodes. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. And uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll speak soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks for okay. listening. Thank bye. You, bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.